NPR Workforce Studio. Your adult son is is waiting downstairs, you know, showered and dressed with his lunch pack, you know, wow. saying, Dad, it's time to go to work. It's, it's really fantastic. VR Workforce Studio, podcasting the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation through the inspiring stories of people with disabilities who have gone to work. Working in a field that I understand. As well as the professionals who have helped them. A job and a career. You got to look at how life-changing this is. And the businesses who have filled their talent pipelines with workers that happen to have disabilities. To help expand registered apprenticeship. These are their stories. Because there's such a great story to tell about people with disabilities. Now, here are the hosts of the VR Workforce Studio, Rick Sizemore and Betsy Civilette. Welcome to episode 116 of the VR Workforce Studio as we welcome Tom Wood and his family here to talk about Project Search. Great to have you on the show today, Tom. Let's get started. Tell us how you got involved in Project Search. How did I get involved in Project Search? After I graduated high school, I wanted to get a job. My teachers told me about a work-study opportunity at the hospital where I could learn job skills and it sounded like a good opportunity. So they helped me apply, and I got in. So what? tell us a little bit about your high school experience. I really liked going to high school. I learned a lot from my teachers, I, and I really liked hanging out at the cafeteria. The food was really good. It was a big change at first from middle school, but I figured it out. Tell us about what you learned in Project Search. I did a lot of different things. I took out the trash. I washed dishes. I stocked linens. I learned how to change hospital beds. I rolled tubes and I cleaned the wheelchairs. Wow, that that sounds exciting. Mike and Kat, how did you get involved and and what all was going on in Tom's life when he chartered this course uh, from high school over to Project Search? What was going on? Um, well, before he graduated from Hanley, uh, we worked with his IEP team to make some decisions on transitioning from high school to adult life. And this was one of the options. So, um, you know, he had to apply for the program. And once he was accepted to the program, this was an opportunity for him to get some experience um, working and developing some work ethic um, outside of school. Um, So we thought it would be a great chance for him to do that. Right. And Kathy, you're a teacher? Yes. Tell us how that involvement in the education system and and your career may have factored into this decision for uh, Tom to go to Project Search? I had some mixed feelings about it, but um, I definitely saw the benefits to it. And I just think it's a wonderful program. Um, I think it's, it's great that there's opportunities like this that are opening up for students that have autism and, and disabilities. Um, to get experience in working in the community and and to get jobs. And um, so I, you know, I thought it was wonderful. Not only as a teacher, but as a mom, what feelings do you have when you consider helping Tom find a pathway where he can be independent when that day comes that he may have to be on his own? 
scary. Uh, these transitional periods of time are, are frightening. Um, you, you don't know what the next chapter holds. Um, they look very different for parents with children with special needs. And, and so when you get there, any, any help that you have um, with transitioning, any support that you have in your community is always welcome. Um, because it, there's, it's not laid out like it would be for other people. Right. Um, and there's not a clear picture of what that's going to look like for you. And um, so, you know, it, it's a little nerve wracking. Yeah, for I, sure. I don't know how I feel, felt about it, but that's certainly the way I felt about it. Anyone who's involved with any, um, in any way in the disability community knows about adult care cliffs. And, you know, as, as Tom's sort of been moving into adulthood, that, that's one of the things we've, we've, we've definitely been worried about sort of, you know, what's, what, what's the next step? What, what, what are the next things? What are the, what are the options that are going to be out there for him? And so um, I, I think we've, we've sort of looked at project search as hopefully a, a bridge um, for him to the next stage. And um, he's certainly gotten a lot out of it. Tom, if you can tell me in your words, what did you get out of Project Search? How do you think it's going to help you get ready to move into a job? Well, Project Search helped me learn how to follow supervisor's instructions. It helped me learn how to follow schedule and stay on time. I had to get up at the same time every day and follow schedule just like, like I will when I get a job. Yeah, that was a big that was a big yeah. change having to do all that by yourself. Mm -hmm. And who helped you with that? His name is Chuck Ashby. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what do you think was one of the the coolest or best tools like they gave you to do this job better? To do my best. <laughs> I wish more people would follow Tom's thoughts on that about uh, you know, simply simply doing your best. What are your goals for the workforce in the future? Where do you want to get to once you? finish up at Project Search and move on to the next phase. I really like to get a job in another state like California. I really want to work in an animation studio. I would like to write and cast people. I even wrote a screenplay once to show everyone what what I could do. And, and I sent it to one animation studio, but I haven't heard heard back yet. But as of right now, I'm gonna get a job here in Winchester. Yeah, he's a Tom's a very good um, he's a very good writer actually, and and really creative. And um, he's uh, uh, you know we we would love to figure out a way for him to to channel that into into something you know that that would be productive for him. He actually did write a a superhero screenplay. It was um it was. A, a massive project. He did it all on his own, bigger than anything I've ever produced in my career. And, uh, and we sent it off and, uh, you know, who knows what will happen. That's so that's powerful. And countless guests on this show, some with autism, some, some without lots of people have big dreams and we're all about promoting those big dreams. But in the meantime, you talked about a job there in Winchester. What would that ideal job be for you, Tom? A stalker at Big Lots. Oh, my favorite store. <laughs> well, you know, and we all we all have those steps along the way. And I shared with right. some of the— Right, you guys said the magic word, <laughs> transition. 
And that's, I think, really what Project Search is all about is kind of just finding yourself. It might not be the ideal job, what you, you know, doing at the at the hospital, but at least um, as we've heard over and over again, Move. you know, it really brings people out of their shell and makes them blossom. A lot of the, the students. When, when he does, and he does really well at jobs where, um, at least I think so, where, um, you know, sort of the, those back office jobs or, or, or things where um, you can either work at a computer or your, um, uh, they're, you know, they're less customer facing jobs um, that, that he really seems to like where, um, you know, there, there's certain tasks you have to accomplish in, in, in sort of a certain period of time. So, yeah, you see, I know he's looking at a job at Big Lots and then there are some other warehousing jobs that he's been looking at, but, but just opportunities that will, you know, help him help him grow and learn how to manage a schedule and, and deal with transportation and all of the different things that, that um, you know, he'll have to do as an adult. Right. Well, Tom, if you could tell a friend a little story about your experience with Project Search, what would you tell them? Project Search is a great opportunity to work with lots of different people and learn lots of different jobs. It's hard, it's hard work, but a lot of fun too. And what was your favorite department working in? Was there any special like staff that worked with you? My favorite area is the dishwashing room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really like that job. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and and and, and we found with other projects that that the employees just really do get uh, have uh, create a special bond um, with the interns, and that's why so many of our our students are successful in even getting jobs at the at that location if that's their desire. Yeah, everyone at the hospital was really um, was really encouraging. Um, it's a small town here in, in Winchester, and so. Um, it's amazing the number of people I've just met in in just my life, you know, being around town um, who work at the hospital and know about Project Search and have made comments about, you know, we, we love the kids that work that come through Project Search. We love working with them. Um, you know, we love having them in our department. I've heard that story from so many different people in the community. So it's um, it, it, as a parent, it's it's always made me. Um, it's just been very reassuring that it's been that it's a good experience. What would you say to other parents who are who were considering Project Search for their own children to attend? He's made a lot of growth this year. A lot of maturing has happened, and and I feel like this has been a great a great year of growth and maturity for him. And I and I think other parents um, would see that as well. Um, some of the things that you don't get in high school um, learning experiences you'll get, you find in this program. Yeah, it's really great when, um, you know, when you get up at seven o'clock in the morning and, um, you know, seven or seven fifteen, and, and your, your adult son is, is waiting downstairs, you know, showered and dressed with a lunch pack, you know, wow. saying, dad, it's time to go to work. I mean, that's, that's, um, that's what we're seeing. And, um, it's, it's really fantastic. That's a great payoff. Thank you, Tom, Mike, and Kathy for joining us today as Tom successfully concludes internships through Project Search, the Winchester Medical Center in Winchester, Virginia. Yes, thank you. We are fortunate to welcome to the podcast Martin Kurlowski, who is a certified rehabilitation counselor and coordinates transition and education services for DARS. Welcome, Martin. Thanks for having me, Betsy and Rick. Delighted to have you on the show. Martin, we've just heard from the Wood family, and Tom 
who just finished up a variety of internships at uh, Winchester Medical Center through Project Search. Tom has gained some extremely valuable work experience, is now ready to start applying for jobs. You must hear stories like this all the time. How does it make you feel to hear about Tom and his success? Rick, it's really inspiring and encouraging to me when I hear about Tom's story and when I get to hear, uh, I'm so fortunate to hear about many other stories like his um, all the time when we're talking about Project Search uh, interns and graduates and the success that they have in the program. Well, Tom's parents are equally excited about how Project Search has made this all possible This is an exciting and inspiring story about an individual, but Martin, the scope of Project Search is enormous. If you would give us an overview of Project Search and just how far-reaching and impactful it really is. Yeah, so Betsy, I'll start with just describing Project Search and what this program is. Um, Project Search is a school-to-work transition program that's primarily intended for students with significant disability-related barriers to employment. Um, The students spend their final academic year entirely immersed within a host business where they participate in three different 10-week-long internship rotations that they are then matched with based upon their strengths, preferences, interests, and needs. Uh, The interns in Project Search get to the program independently each day, just like they would for a real job. When interns arrive at the business, they start the day with classroom-based education on work-related skills before heading out into their internships for the remainder of their day. The interns are supported by an interagency team of folks who work closely together to ensure that the students are successful. The goal of Project Search is to get all students placed into competitive integrated employment so that once they graduate from Project Search, they do begin looking for jobs in the community with support from the program's job developer and their vocational counselor from DARS. Search has now been replicated with over 600 programs around the world. Wow. So not just the United States, but around the world. Um, and you're right, Rick, like that's kind of a crazy number. And um, they've served over 5,000 individuals with disabilities each year. And here in Virginia alone, we have 19 programs and have served almost 1,600 individuals with disabilities since 2010. So that's a lot of young folks who are really benefiting from this great program, just like Tom, and starting their adult life on the path to independence. Yeah. If you follow uh, DARS on social media, Last year, we had some photographs from some of the completion ceremonies or the graduations. They were phenomenal. The smiles and the excitement that's going on when people complete this program, it's just its just uh, amazing. Uh, Project Search graduations are going on all over the state. Where are some of these locations here at home? Rick, the graduations are one of my favorite things about Project Search, and it's really hard to go to one without smiling ear to ear and possibly even <laughs> shedding some tears um, as you because you're just learning about this amazing journey that kids have have gone on throughout that year in Project Search and the, the growth and progress that they've made. Um, we do have graduations happening all throughout May and June for all of our 19 active programs, which are in businesses 
like hospitals. Um, we have three military installation programs at Fort Eustis, Fort Lee, and Naval Air Station Oceana. Wow. Um, and we even have one project search program at Lansdowne Ski and Resort um, up in kind of Northern Virginia area. So uh, those graduations are happening pretty much. Uh, there's one today, actually, is the first one and then throughout the month of June as well. We have uh, three of six of the military bases in the world that are participating in Project Surge. Right, including, I believe, Fort Lee has its first ceremony this year. That is correct. This was their their first year, and mm-hmm. it's been a tremendous success with the partners at that, at that location. So what do you <laughs> think is the real value of Project Surge, not only for the students with disabilities, but their families as well? Yeah, well, I think there's so many great things about Surge, but... My boss always says, keep the main thing, the main thing. So I have to say the real value of search is that the program has amazing employment outcomes. Um, just when we think about national trends for youth with disabilities, and I do have some numbers for you both, uh, those individuals who have disabilities between 16 and 19 years old are employed at a rate of only 17% when compared to 31% of their peers without disabilities. Um, and then when you talk about 20 to 24-year-olds with disabilities, they're employed at 38% compared to 67% of their peers without disabilities. But here in Virginia, um, just in with our graduates from 2021, we had 95 out of our 133 graduates became employed. And that's oh a God. 72. Yeah, that it's pretty impressive. It's a yeah. 72% employment rate for our graduates from 2021. And um, just looking at 2022 graduates, um, 65% are employed at the moment and working an average of 24 and a half hours a week um, at well over minimum wage. Uh, And what's even better, and I think really speaks volumes about this program, is that many times the host business can't even wait until our graduates uh, walk across that stage at the end of the year. Um, they want to hire our interns right away. Um, for example, this year, we already have 17 or 13% of our interns are employed and graduation hasn't even happened. So when I think of the value wow. of yeah. Project Search, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's, it defies the odds. And what I think is the real value is that the program gets results and it offers hope to students, families, and even professionals that employment and a greater level of independence is a possibility, even for our students with the most significant barriers. Yeah. Very well said. These host sites that you talk about, uh, I heard a workforce development professional the other day, he was talking about the war for talent, (laughs) finding enough workers, and certainly you're bringing talented people together in that a great internship uh, site and, and fulfilling a workforce need. Do you have a favorite story about Project Search? I absolutely do, Rick. And um, Let's so hear it. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my favorite story um, is a young man who actually participated in Project Search, you know, pretty much around the inception over 10 years ago. Um, in Christiansburg at Carilion New River Valley Medical Center. Um, you know, this was an individual who, before he participated in Project Search, people would tell him that they didn't think that he'd ever be able to be employed. Um, they tell his family that they, they really didn't see employment being an opportunity or an option. 
Um, he was a shy student who had a lot of anxiety and worries about being able to work, obviously, and was very insecure and unsure about himself and had a hard time handling constructive criticism. At home, his parents had difficulty getting him up and out of the house to make it to school and even get to the Project Search program in the, in the early days. Um, throughout the program, he experienced a lot of growth as he went through those internships, really demonstrated that he can work. And he was offered a position by the hospital upon graduation. Um, now, this isn't unusual or exceptional in itself. A lot of our interns get employed, as, as I told you before. But um, for this young person, what's so special to me is that he's remained employed at the hospital for almost 12 years now. Wow. Um, he's become a lead trainer for new staff who begin uh, work in the same position as he did. And in his personal life, he's been able to purchase a car, own a home, and he would probably most proudly tell you that he's got himself a girlfriend, um, which I can tell you, you know, it, it helps if you have a job and you're, and you're making some money, um, have a car and a, and a home. Right. Um, so I just love his story because we're talking about someone who has really humbly and reliably held down uh, entry-level kind of high-turnover job. Um, for over a decade. And in doing so, he's achieved a greater quality of life for himself and has become an inspiration to other people. That's fantastic. Right. And a future, right? Well, Martin, this has been an amazing podcast. We have to wrap things up kind of quickly here, but you're moving to a new job. Tell us about that. And as you leave DARS and move on to the future, what inspired you most about being involved with Project Search? Yeah, thank you, Rick. I'm very sad to be leaving DARS, but I am moving on to Department for Behavioral Health and Developmental Services, and I'm very happy that I'll be continuing to work in support of people with disabilities in Virginia. Um, Rick, one of the most inspirational things to me as I look back at Project Search is really the team of dedicated professionals who are on site every day working with students through thick and thin. I mean, it's not always the smoothest um, ride for, for students, but that team, you know, puts their heart and soul into the program um, because they witness firsthand how powerful the transformation is for students between day one of the program and then through to graduation and getting employed. I just have tremendous respect and admiration for all of the professionals you know, from the schools, the business, from DARS. Um, and as I leave DARS, I just want them to know that they are truly doing something special and making a difference. Fantastic. Absolutely. And the as, as I've attended these um, ceremonies too, the employees of these host sites, they love the students and they miss them dearly, I think, when they, if they leave. Well, Martin Kurilowski, uh, currently is the coordinator for transition and education services uh, with Virginia DARS. Thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Rick and Betsy. This has been a pleasure. Best of luck in your new job. We will miss you. Thank you very much. Well, it's time for the National Clearinghouse of Rehabilitation Training Materials report with the always entertaining and informative Heather Service. Heather, 
all across the country were hearing about Project Search graduations from families just like Tom's. It's an exciting time. It really is an exciting time for all the Project Search participants and all of those who work with those students as they go through the program. I'm, I'm so excited for your listeners to learn a little bit from Tom and then also just to hear about Project Search and what an impact it can have on students with disabilities. Yeah, Mental Health Month, too. It is. May's Mental Health Month. And at the Clearinghouse, we just released our newest published curated list. And the curated list on mental health has 26 different resources, all targeted to a variety of audiences, including individuals with disabilities, VR professionals, sign language interpreters, and businesses. So this is a really great place if you're looking into mental health resources and learning more about mental health and what's available. This is one place you can find a lot of resources at your fingertips. And I know you've heard me talk about the curated lists on the podcast before, Rick. And just letting you know, we're up to 20 different curated lists that are available on a variety of topics. And we're adding new lists on a quarterly basis. So we always encourage listeners to check back frequently. And more than that, if there is a topic that you're interested in that you would like to propose for a future curated list, we would love to hear from you. So please, you can contact our team at ncrtm at neweditions.net. Yeah. Uh, rehabilitation counselors, and my wife is a rehabilitation counselor who uh, just started working at Wilson Workforce. They love to keep that link as a favorite right on their desktop. So they are just a click away from incredible resources at the Clearinghouse. I'm glad to hear that. And then I have some other exciting news to share. All right. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about the Disability Innovation Fund, DIF, Pathways to Partnership. In April, the U.S. Department of Education Rehabilitation Services Administration, what we call RSA, announced a notice inviting applications for the Disability Innovation Fund's Pathways to Partnership Innovative Model Demonstration Project. Um, and we're excited to, to let our folks know out there that the application deadline was recently extended till Friday, July 7th, 2023 at 11.59 p.m., and what's really great and exciting about this program, the Pathways to Partnership program is the largest discretionary grant administered by RSA with an estimated $224 million available to fund multiple innovative model demonstration projects administered through partnerships. So for this um, opportunity, the eligible applicants are state vocational rehabilitation agencies, SVRAs, and state educational agencies, SEAs. And there's required partners, which are the VR agencies and SEAs, like mentioned, but also other required partners are local education agencies and federally funded centers for independent living. So if you're interested in learning more about the Disability Innovation Fund Pathways to Partnership, we've got a lot of resources to share with you that I'm going to make sure Rick has for our show notes. There's a video, this 14-minute video shares the history of the DIFF program, talks about the goals to the Pathways to Partnership project, and shares messages from key federal change agents at the U.S. Department of Education and at the Administration for Community Living. Um, the links will be in the show notes, so we we encourage you to check that out. We also have the RSA discretionary grants page, which offers general information about RSA discretionary grants, including the Pathways to Partnership opportunity. 
And then lastly, when we're thinking about all things diff, um, there was a new web page that was launched on the NCRTM back in April. And this new page, the Disability Innovation Fund Programs page, offers a history of each iteration of former and current DIFF programs, as well as share some of the products and results and past programs that help users really understand the impact of these DIFF programs that they're having on the educational and employment outcomes for individuals with disabilities. Um, also just want to share that if you're interested in or have questions in the Pathways to Partnership Program. The competition manager is Cassandra Schaffler with the U.S. Department of Education. And the email that you can use for questions is 84.421e at ed.gov. And all of that information will be in the show notes for you. Awesome. There's so much excitement, lots of energy in uh, the communities that we serve. So thank you so much for your report. Heather's service directs RSA's National Clearinghouse of Rehabilitation Training Materials and joins us each month for the Clearinghouse Report. Links and resources from the NCRTM are included in the show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. Thanks, Heather. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Rick. Well, thank you for getting involved in today's show. If you or someone you know has a disability, and wants to get into the workforce, vocational rehabilitation may just be the answer to kickstart your career. Visit us at vrworkforcestudio.com to find links and resources, as well as our contact information. On behalf of my co-host, Betsy Civilette, I'm Rick Sizemore, inviting you to join us as we podcast the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation. The VR Workforce Studio podcast is owned and operated by Vocational Rehabilitation's Partners in Podcasting. Audio content for the podcast is provided to VR Partners in Podcasting by the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services in exchange for promotional considerations. I got a wasp. I'm sorry. Do I? You have a wasp. a wasp. Okay, sorry.